Parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Turkey Hunt's one of my favorite things. And one of the key tools I use for turkey hunting is the Onyx Hunt Map. I use it incessantly when I'm hunting turkeys. Being able to find a new piece of public or gaining permission on private opens up opportunities for gobblers. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you this spring. Use the code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt. You'll find more birds this season. I'm telling you, I rely on Onyx Hunt when I'm hunting turkeys. It is an invaluable turkey hunting tool. Outdoor adventure won't wait for engine problems. Things like hard starts, rough performance, and lost fuel economy are often caused by fuel gum and varnish buildup. Seafoam can help your engine run better and last longer. Simply pour a can in your gas tank. Hunters and anglers rely on seafoam to keep their engines running the way it should the entire season. Pick up a can of seafoam today at your local auto parts store or visit seafoamworks.com to learn more. It's a Meat Eater Podcast. Welcome to Meat Eater Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm your host, Spencer Newarth, and today we're joined by special guest Dr. Brad Tennant and Tommy Edson. In addition to Brad and Tommy, we also have Steve, Giannis, Cal, Brody, and Chester. Now, Brad, how do you feel about trivia? You seem like a trivia-going fellow. I think he's going to kick ass, man. We'll see. We'll see. A lot of people lose from that seat, Brad. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Tommy, Steve has said that That you told him. That seat has only won once. I think you might be right. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's a new stat we're going to have to be keeping. Bad seat, Brad. Oh. There's a, there's a, that's a winner corner over there. And this is a hot <laughs> little winning spot right here, Brad. <laughs> now, Tommy, Steve has said that you told him you always win, but then Steve walked it back a couple episodes ago. So here's your chance to set the record straight. How often, when you play trivia on lunch break, are you winning? I've won three. That's pretty dang good. I've won three. And how Honestly, are you normally doing otherwise? Uh, in the top two or three, you know, I, I had one really bad week that week with Cam, man. I think I only got three right. Mm. Did you but beat Cam? That, I don't know. I didn't pay attention to how you many, you know, I, I, hey, I don't look at who's behind me when I'm running. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Now, what about your coworkers that you play with? Are they sharp? Uh, you know, we really don't play in the last mm, Three, four weeks, we don't really play anymore. I just kind of keep score along with myself and play along anymore. They just got sick of losing to you? Maybe that's it. I don't know. And you had to quit going. You used to go to your local trivia night and you quit. Yeah, we got a local kind of watering hole bar not far from the house. That's trivia night on Tuesday nights. I don't go in there anymore. Why not? It's just, I don't know. It's just kind of like, you know, you don't want to be that dude that's like, "Uh uh-uh. Oh, no? Yeah, I don't want to be that dude. <laughs> you don't say it. I'll just shut up. Well, I mean, maybe some people do. I don't want to be that We don't guy. have any experience with <laughs> a guy like that. that guy. You know, I'll just shut up. Now, Steve has really hyped you up. And, like, you're representing every listener who's ever thought they could come on this show and win. So, 
No pressure, but there's a lot of pressure because if you don't do well, I don't know if we'll have another listener back. Okay. Oh, well, man. Yeah, a lot makes, of pressure. That's that really fine. lays it out thick. Like bro. I said right before you turn that machine on, man, I'm an iceberg. 90% of it's under the surface. You'll see. Go ahead. Hit <laughs> <laughs> the drop. Now, if you're not familiar, this is a 10-round quiz show with questions from our four verticals, which are hunting, fishing, conservation, and cooking. And there is a prize. Media will donate $500 to the conservation organization of the winner's choosing. Now, in our last episode, I put a call out to help with compiling trivia stats, and our listeners answered in a big way. We told you to send an email to trivia at eater.com with the subject line, Suck It Spencer, if you were willing to collect data from previous games of trivia. In the two days since that aired, we got 503 emails with Spencer can suck it as the subject line. God, that's got to, like, psychologically, that's really got to take a toll on a guy, well, man. I mean, on- just scroll through that. You know, just every notification again and, again and again and again. Yeah. On Wednesday morning from 5 a.m. to 8 a.m., we were averaging 1.6 emails per minute with that subject line. <laughs> so it was hot. So Steve's wish has been granted. We finally have a library of meat eater trivia stats. Now, I'm not going to drop them all right now, but we'll introduce a new stat each time we play. For today, we're going to reveal each player's winning percentage as Steve requested. This is the amount of times that they've won Meat Eater Trivia tracked against the number of times they've played. So here it is. This is a titillating little... In first place is Dustin Huff, of course. He's played once and won once, so he's at 100%. Uh, That's followed by Steve, who has won 36% of the games that he's played. Brody at 33%. Giannis, Giannis at 30%. Clay at 25%. Seth and Chester at 13%. And Corinne at 8%. Now, everyone else whose name I didn't say is at 0%. This Sorry, is Cal. Be the only, this is going to be the only... I'm I'm I do one complaint per show now. I don't know if you know this. <laughs> this is today's complaint. And it yep. hasn't even happened yet, so I, don't even, I might really be biting my tongue later. Uh-huh. Stop saying Corinne won. It was the April <laughs> Fool's joke in which you gave her the answers. You got to expunge her from the board. <laughs> okay? It's like, the joke's over. <laughs> she still gets to win. <laughs> Now everyone else whose name I didn't say is it's 0%. So Steve is leading the pack at 36%. Of who's present right now. Yes. Well, of of everybody, though. And uh, Brody's only a few percent points behind that. Giannis is right behind him. So Mm -hmm. it's tight. It's real tight. I'm ready. Now, in a previous game of trivia, we had a question about the Mark Twain National Forest. After the answers were revealed, this happened next. Play the clip, Phil. The correct answer... Is Missouri. I know somebody that went to it. Yeah. You know what I think we should do? If I can name what town he was born in, I get a point. You can tell us the name, but we will not give you a point. What was it? Hannibal, Hannibal. Missouri. Hannibal. Now, about 20 folks wrote in to let me know that despite Steve's confidence, Mark Twain was not born in Hannibal, Missouri. Wow, he spent a lot of time there, maybe. (laughs) Instead, instead he was born in Florida, Missouri, which is about 40 miles from Hannibal, where Mark Twain grew up. So he was born in Florida, but raised in Hannibal. Good thing I didn't get a point. (laughs) Also on a previous show, we had a question about the daredevil fishing lure. In the follow-up factoid, I said that the Germans referred to the U.S. Marines as daredevils because of their fierce fighting style. What they actually called them was Teufel Hunden, which translates to devil dogs, not daredevils. Getting that wrong showed me how many Marines we have listening to the show, which happens to be a lot. They adamantly wanted to correct that one. They were not referred to as daredevils. They were called 
devil dogs. I, I yeah, it's worse to be getting chased by a uh, devil dog than a daredevil. I think. There you go. With that, we're on the game trivia. Play the drop, Phil. Look, I need to know what I stand to win. Everything. How's that? You stand to win everything. Question one, this will be multiple choice. The topic is woodsmanship. Oh, can I interrupt you real quick? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not to complain. Okay. It's not to complain. Uh, our new calendar, fucked up old taxidermy. Um, you can come for the taxidermy and stay for the trivia. Because every month in the calendar, there's baked in trivia. And when is that calendar coming out? September. I feel like we're way ahead of the game this year. I'm teasing it. I like it. All right, go on. Question one. This would be multiple choice, and the topic is woodsmanship. Which of these is not a real Boy Scouts badge? Oh, jeez. Hunting, fishing, conservation, or cooking? Which of these is not a real Boy Scouts badge? Hunting, fishing, conservation, or cooking? Three of our four verticals are a merit badge you can earn. One of them is not. No shit. Was anybody in this room a Boy Scout? (laughs) (laughs) See, this was not written for Tommy. No, is that a throw to Tommy? It was not. It was not written for Tommy. Yanni, you were a Boy Scout? Yes, sir. You guys feeling confident? No. Did you write it? Not at all. Oh, okay. You didn't write it cockily. Does everybody oh. have an answer? I was yeah. laughing. Brad, Brad's got quite the grin on his face. He's got a big grin he on his face. He's got a Boy Scout background? Oh. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Yanni saying hunting, Steve saying hunting, Brad saying cooking, Tommy saying hunting, Brody saying hunting, Chester saying conservation, and Cal saying hunting. The correct answer is hunting. Oh, a lot of winners. What'd you have, Tommy? I had hunting. Although there's no hunting badge, they do offer merit badges for rifle shooting, shotgun shooting, archery, archery, and mammal study. There are 138 badges in total, and some of the weirdest are basketry, bugling, coin collecting, dentistry, fingerprinting, nuclear science, and plumbing. Dentistry. (laughs) Did you boys earn any of those? Oh, yeah, nuclear science. No. I didn't remember any. Do you know the story of the kid? They call him the radioactive boy scout? No. That was, uh, go- he got a Geiger counter and stuff, and he was going around collecting uh, radioactive materials and keeping it in his ma's shed. And it wound up becoming like a major case. I mean, they hauled away his yard Whoa. when they did the cleanup. And he was the radioactive Boy Scout. Yeah. I like it. Because the atomic energy thing. I bet he got his he was going around. He was going around antique shops getting the old style of thermometers. Wow. And he built up a huge collection of radioactive materials. Like I said, he'd ride around with a Geiger counter on his dashboard. What was his uh, ultimate goal there? I can't remember. I know the writer, Ken Silverstein, I think, wrote the piece called Radioactive Boy Scout and Harper's. Go on. Question two, the topic is fishing. This next great question comes to us via Troy Allard. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. What is the colorful nickname biologists gave Lake Winnipeg's world-famous walleye? What? What is the colorful nickname biologists gave Lake Winnipeg's world-famous walleye? 
You like that one, Chester? Yeah. Anybody else as confident as Chester is? No. I know, I know what my old man used to call him in Lake mm. Erie. You've been generous with some hints lately, Brody. Well, that's not a hint. Yeah, Brody's got to cut that shit back, man. <laughs> what? That's not a hint. <laughs> His hint was, my dad used to call him something. <laughs> in a different lake. <laughs> <laughs> One more time. What is the colorful nickname biologists gave Lake Winnipeg's world-famous walleye? Does everybody have an answer? No. No. Keep the walleye questions coming. Thank you. Does everyone know Steve's board has suck it, Brody, written on the back? I love it that his board says suck it, Brody, because I know I'm getting in his head. Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Because you are in there, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) All right, does everybody now have an answer? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Yanni saying Walter, Steve saying Rainbow Walleye, (laughs) Brad without an answer, Tommy saying Wally Gator, Brody saying yellow pike, Chester saying greenbacks, Cal saying blue eyes. The correct answer is greenbacks. Chester, congratulations, man. Winnipeg's walleye are famously emerald green thanks to the limestone substrate that fills the lake. If you want to see some greenbacks get caught, then check out Season 2, Episode 3 of the Canadian Angle on Meat Eater's YouTube channel where Jay Siemens and Josh McFadden ice fish Lake Winnipeg. We are on to question three. The topic is explorers. <laughs> oh, here's where Brad oh, there we gets go. thrown a mush ball. Thomas Jefferson kept this mammal as a pet, which he received from Lewis and Clark partway through their expedition. Say the question again. Thomas Jefferson kept this mammal as a pet, which he received from Lewis and Clark partway through their expedition. Son of a bitch. Brad, how you feel about this one? He's doing a lot of writing. (laughs) (laughs) Again, Thomas Jefferson kept this mammal as a pet. Can you you write it again, Brad? Are you you putting your sources down too, Brad? (laughs) Which he received from Lewis and Clark partway through their expedition. I had about five trivia questions written about Lewis and Clark. The other four all got covered on the last podcast, so I couldn't use them. Thankfully, you didn't go into this detail, uh, so you saved me something for trivia. Does everybody have an answer? No. What if? What are you gonna do if Brad's answer is this is didn't actually happen? <laughs> <laughs> I will take the loss then. I was telling Chester before the show. I think this might be a hard batch. Uh, we may need to establish a Shelby line for trivia because I always play with her before I come to the show. And it kind of uh, helps me understand how difficult or easy the batch is. And usually she does about half as well as the winner. And she got three of these right. So the winner today would be expected to get six based on the uh, the Shelby barometer. Does everybody have an answer? Yep. Well, I'm writing, but yeah. <laughs> Go ahead and All reveal right. your answers. We have Giannis saying antelope, Steve saying buffalo calf. Brad saying prairie dog, Tommy saying squirrel, Brody saying badger, Chester saying raccoon, and Cal saying prairie dog. The correct answer is prairie dog. Everybody knows that one, Brad, but I'm a good company. (laughs) The prairie dog was shipped with four magpies and a ruffed grouse, but only one magpie and the prairie dog survived the journey. 
Jefferson was reportedly delighted and entertained by the prairie dog, which he had taxidermied after its death. The stuffed prairie dog was eventually sold to P.T. Barnum, who kept it at his New York museum that burned down in 1865. Too bad was we don't the, have that one in the calendar. Was mm-hmm. the remaining uh, magpie very fat? I don't know. Eating everybody else? I don't know what happened to that one. Now, did you intimately know that story, Brad? I did. Uh, they actually spent most of the day trying to catch catch one magpie, or it's going to be one uh, prairie dog. And uh, that night, they after they did catch one, they had it for supper. Oh. Lewis and Clark. Could have been much of a meal, but they Do did. you know how they caught him? Did they, like, they, drown uh, him out of the hole? They started what? digging them out at first, and that wasn't working. So then they had the men start bringing buckets of water and trying to flood them out. And at the end of the day, they had one prairie dog. Like the kids, we called that ottering. Uh-huh. They come up looking like an otter. Yeah. <laughs> Question four. The topic is cooking. About 60% of people with this allergy developed it as an adult, making it the most common food allergy among adult Americans. About 60% of people with this allergy develop it as an adult, making it the most common food allergy among adult Americans. Does everybody have an answer? Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Giannis saying milk. Steve saying, what does that say? Dairy. Dairy. Brad saying peanut butter. Tommy saying nuts. Brody saying dairy. Chester saying shellfish. And Cal saying peanuts. We have a diverse group of answers. The correct answer is shellfish. What? That is such bullshit. 60% of people aren't allergic to shellfish. 60% of people who developed the allergy got it as an adult. Yeah. No, you said that's the not question, what you said, man. The question about was not 60, worded that way. About sixty percent of people with this allergy develop it as an adult, making it the most sure common food said? allergy sure among adult said. Americans. You know, I got it wrong too, guys. So, so not, it's I'm the most common. It. You're saying it's the most <laughs> common food allergy among Americans. Adult Americans. Read the sentence to me again, man. Right. Yeah, Phil, you go I'm ahead getting and read. A little riled up. He's now. looking at the script. Okay. About 60% of people with this allergy develop it as an adult, making it the most common food allergy among adult Americans. Listen, dude. <laughs> Shellfish is not the most common. Is not, there's no way that's the most common food allergy among adult Americans. You're going to need to argue with the study that put out this study. We need to I Google think it that is. right now. I know the a reason lot. is there's very, so many varying levels of, of shellfish allergy. I'm allergic to shellfish. What I like did you that. write? I wrote nuts. About 7.2 million adult Americans have a shellfish allergy. That's followed by milk at Hmm. 4.7 million, peanuts at 4.5 million, tree nuts at 3 million, and finned fish at 2.2 million. Scientists aren't sure why why shellfish allergies don't develop until adulthood, but suspect it has something to do with hormones and environmental triggers. Whatever. I I guess that one because I compare... I have that conversation very often with folks. Mm. Now, are I'm you allergic to, allergic to shellfish or finned fish or both? Finned. So you can eat shellfish? Mm-hmm. Correct. Oh. I, I can take any questions about Chester's allergy. <laughs> <laughs> question five, the topic is conservation. We'll get a scoreboard update after this. This next great question comes to us from Chris Ford. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. The 1959 federal duck stamp is the only one in history that features a dog. What kind of dog was it? What year? 1959. <laughs> the 1959 federal duck stamp 
is the only one in history that features a dog. What kind of dog was it? Now, I'm looking for a specific answer, so if you thought the answer was deer, you wouldn't write deer, you would write white-tailed deer, or mule deer. Well, that gives it away, doesn't it, Spencer? No, it does not. It's as simple as the most common allergy. Again, this for adults who got it as adults. The federal duck stamp is the only one in history that features a dog. What kind of dog is it? Does everybody have an answer? Yes. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Giannis saying a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Steve saying a Chesapeake Bay. Brad saying a Cocker Spaniel. Tommy saying a Black Lab. Brody saying a Chesapeake Bay Retriever. Chester saying a Golden Retriever. And Cal saying a Black Lab. The correct answer is Black Lab. Oh, son of Wow, this is... God, I'm having a bad game, man. Oh, that was a gimme. (laughs) The Federal Duck Stamp Competition encouraged artists that year to submit designs that featured a dog. They wanted to emphasize the dog's role in retrieving wounded ducks and hoped it would get more hunters to use them. Hmm. Phil, hit us with a scoreboard update. We are halfway through the game of trivia. All right, tied for third place with one point each are uh, Steve... Giannis, Brody, and Brad. And then in second place with two points, we have Chester and Tommy tied up. And in first place with three is Ryan Callahan. Cal, going for his first Plenty, not, plenty how, game left. How does it feel, Cal? <laughs> this is by far and away not the first time I've been ahead of everyone at this point. Oh, <laughs> really? So you like choke later. It's not choking. I just... Think the next step instead of picking the easiest answer. Gotcha. You know what I mean? You're like, I'll show them guys. Right. And Spencer missed a, <laughs> missed a big part here. And, you know, if you considered 1969 and what was going on. It was 59. 59. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty, pretty simple. The hippies weren't here yet. Yeah, I've said it before, and I'll say it a thousand times more. If you got a family and you got people that rely on you, you need to take life insurance seriously. And Policy Genius is the country's leading online insurance marketplace. So with Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars in coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Your life insurance policy, you know, that you get at work may not offer enough protection for your family's needs. Policy Genius gives you unbiased advice from a licensed expert support team. Now, this is super convenient, right? Because a lot of times, you know, something like life insurance, you're just going to put it off because you're like, when will I ever have time to do that? I don't even know who to talk to about it. Well, this helps you do it online. Okay, again, you're comparing options from top companies. All right. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry 
if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? You need a brake light fixed? You need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash eater. The single most valuable tool I have for chasing turkeys next to my scatter gun is the Onyx Hunt app. If I'm hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. If I'm not hunting turkeys, I'm using Onyx. I'm always using Onyx. I live by that stuff. I can't tell you the number of birds this app has put me on by allowing me to easily find new areas to hunt. It's invaluable. I use it all the time. Even properties I know super well. And I'm at my buddy Bubbly Doug's house. I'm using Onyx, and I've hunted this place a million times. With their compass mode, I can pinpoint exactly on the map where a gobble rang out from and then figure out the perfect spot to set up. Meaning, if I'm sitting there, let's say I'm at Bubbly Doug's, I'm in the navel, and I hear, pow, I'll like instinctively pull up Bubbly Doug's place on, on X, and I'll look at the topography, and I'll be like, oh, that sucker must be over in that little opening over there. Waypoints also, and the ability to share them, okay, comes in handy every spring. Whether that's revisiting old waypoints where I've been on birds before or sharing them, to buddies to help put them on birds. This app will help you find more turkeys. Onyx Hunt has a special offer for you too. Use code MEATEATER to receive 20% off your membership at onxmaps.com hunt this turkey season. Question six, the topic is hunting. Four states have the black bear as their official state mammal. Name one of them, and I'll give you a hint. Two of these states border each other. Four states have the black bear as their official state mammal. Name one of them. And again, two of these states are touching. Four states have the black bear as their official state mammal. Name one of them. How we doing? Does everybody have an answer? Not happy, man. I I have an answer. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Giannis saying Maine. Steve saying Kentucky. Brad saying Wyoming, Tommy saying North Carolina, Brody saying Vermont, Chester saying Pennsylvania, and Cal saying Oregon. The four states are Alabama, Louisiana, New Mexico, and West Virginia. So I think we went an offer there. Nobody got it right. No way! Oh, that's embarrassing. Pretty soon there's not going to be enough questions left to catch, Cal. New Mexico was the first to do it in 1963, and Alabama was the latest to do it in 2006. Besides those four states with black bears, California and Montana have grizzlies as their official state mammal. Was the teddy bear incident, was that in Alabama? I thought Mississippi. Oh, it was in Mississippi. Question seven. The topic is foraging. This next great question comes to us from Tyrell Miner. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at themeateater.com. The roots of this invasive plant were used as a coffee bean alternative by Confederate soldiers. The flavor was described as bitter with nutty notes and hints of sweet potato. The roots from this invasive plant were used as a coffee bean alternative by Confederate soldiers. The flavor was described as bitter with nutty notes and hints of sweet potato. Steve, you had a pretty quick answer. You know this one? Phil, if I get this right, where does that put me? (laughs) (laughs) 
if you're the only one to get it right, you're still not. In what was the category in that one? <laughs> Cooking, uh, foraging, foraging, foraging. The roots. Again, the roots of this invasive plant were used as a coffee bean alternative by Confederate soldiers. Does everybody have an answer? Yep. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Giannis saying chicory, Steve oh. saying dandelion, Brad oh, saying man. bitterroot, Tommy saying ginseng, Brody saying phragmites, Chester saying wild mustard, and Cal saying chicory. The correct answer is dandelion or chicory. They did both. Oh, you are shitting me. <laughs> well, I mean, I got it right, but you can't give it to the chicory people. Man. I can give it to chicory I people. I have never. They use dandelion and chicory. Roots. I used to be obsessed obsessed with the civil war mm -hmm. never ever have i heard of dandelion root being a substitute for coffee well my kids my kids have a bag of this stuff called dandy blend and it's like kid coffee made out of dandelion root oh yeah tracy really? tracy crane yeah. used to serve that to me confederate soldiers referred to this as lincoln's coffee citing the president who cut off their supply to the real stuff other coffee bean alternatives the southern soldiers used included acorns, asparagus, beech nuts, fig, potato peels, and cigar butts. Oof. That's a good one. <laughs> Question eight. We'll get a scoreboard update after this. The topic is biology. Now, this is a riddle that you need to solve. What'd you write for that last one there, Tommy? I wrote ginseng. Mm -hmm. Again, <laughs> the topic is biology, and you need to solve this riddle. A woodchuck's is blue. A bullfrog's is green. A walleye's is white, a barn owl's is red, and an armadillo doesn't have it at all. What is it? Hit, hit me again. A woodchuck's is blue, a bullfrog's is green, a walleye's is white, a barn owl's is red, and an armadillo doesn't have it at all. What is it? Did you think of this, Spencer, or is, is this some sort of old, you know, saying? I thought of this. I love it. He was, uh, you know, wow. he's like, he's thinking of that, like, something borrowed, something blue. <laughs> Talking about my, my tiki drink. How old I told you about? Oh, yeah. Tell me that again. Uh, one of sour, two of sweet, three of strong, four of weak. It's a, uh, you know, you can how use that a, formula. I like it. For a tiki drink. Yeah. Mixology formula. Yeah. One more time. A woodchuck's is blue, a bullfrog's is green, a walleye's is white, a barn owl's is red, and an armadillo doesn't have it at all. Does everybody have an answer? Where does this put me, Phil? I got it right. We'll have to wait for the scoreboard update after the question. <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Giannis saying tongue, Steve Ooh. saying skin, Brad saying eye color, Tommy without an answer, Brody saying eye color, Chester saying tail, and Cal saying skin. Nobody got it right. What? The correct answer is eye shine. Oh. Wow. This is caused by a reflective membrane at the back of the eyes. Some of the animals that have no eye shine at all include brown bats, feral hogs, and humans. And if you were wondering, according to the crypto community, the eye shine for Bigfoot, vampires, and El Chupacabra is red. Do you feel deceived? Yeah, a little bit. You think yeah. you'd have got it if you like, got a few more guesses? No. Phil, hit us with a scoreboard update. Uh, tied for third place with one point, we have Brad and Brody. In second place, all tied up with two points, we have Chester, Giannis, Steve, and Tommy. And in first place, with four points, is Ryan Callahan. So in order for anyone to beat Cal, uh, he'll have to get the next question wrong, and either Chester, Yanni, Steve, or Tommy will have to get, get it right. Question nine, the topic is public lands. 
What is the top cause of death in national parks? I'll give you a hint. It is not vehicle related. Again, what is the top cause of death in national parks? And it has nothing to do with vehicles. Cal, how are you feeling? Uh, lukewarm. And who needs to catch him? Tommy? I, I feel hot. Okay. <laughs> Tommy, Steve, Yanni, and Chester all have oh, a chance okay. to catch up. Was that a tip, Steve? No. No? Not a tip. <laughs> oh, hyperthermia? There's no way it's hyperthermia. Cal, you have an answer. I got a bunch of answers. Okay, you gonna There's pick just one? Just like you wanted to be uh, precise or mm-hmm. expansive. Just one. Expansive would probably be the the Brody strategy. Again, what is the top cause of death in national parks? Does everybody have an answer? Yep. No. Let me write down this last word. How many words you got? Ready? <laughs> Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Yanni saying drowning, Steve saying heart attack, Yanni. Brad saying falling, Tommy saying heart attack, Brody saying heart attack, Chester saying heart attack. Cal saying allergic reaction. That could be it, Cal. That could be it. I was going to say exposure. The correct answer is drowning. Oh, Oh, son of a... Did anyone get it? Yanni got it. Were they counting heart attacks in that? This is from a mortality study done by the National Park Service. Drowning was overwhelmingly the top cause of death, followed by motor vehicle crashes, falls, natural causes, and suicide. The deadliest national park of them all is North Cascades National Park in Washington, which has a death rate six times greater than Alaska's Denali National Park, which is second place. Just so it means more outdoorsy type folks go to Denali National Park. That's what it means to me. Everybody else is closer to their vehicle. North Cascades National Park is also one of the least visited national parks, and it was on the trivia I think That's week right. one oh. or week two. That's so right. only one Name person drowned there. Name two of the <laughs> national parks, and one of them was North Cascade. What'd you put down? That week? No, or, right now. Right, just now I wrote heart attack. Phil, give us a scoreboard update. Uh, Cal still in first place with four points, but uh, Giannis has three. So if Yanni gets the next one right and Cal gets it wrong, then we've got a tiebreaker. Question 10, the topic is fishing. This next great question comes to us from John Schlesinger. If you have a question you think is right for Meat Eater Trivia, you can send it to trivia at TheMeatEater.com. Tenkara is a fishing style that was invented 400 years ago in the small mountain streams of what country? Tenkara is a fishing style that was invented 400 years ago. Is it though? That was invented 400 years ago in the small mountain streams of what country? I think the way I'm supposed to say it is like Tenkara, like that. Oh, come on. Oh, don't start go? doing that. Doing what? Like, they're putting a little... That doesn't sound very Spanish. I want to make sure right. That doesn't sound very Spanish to me. <laughs> <laughs> Does everybody have an answer? No. Tenkara is a fishing style. Come, come on, Chester. Chester, supposed Chester, big fishing Chester. guy. In the small mountain Guess streams. he doesn't fish that much after all. Weren't you a fishing country? guy? I heard you were a fishing guide. I was. Guess he doesn't like fishing too You'll much at fishing all, guy? does he now, Phil? Forgot everything he knew. But, no. but or did he never love, know? I don't love uh, Tenkara. Okay, no, me neither. I mean... You don't need to love it. They don't no, want you, don't they don't want you putting it. a big old crawler on there I don't love Satan, but I know he lives in hell. They don't want you putting a reel oh, on there. Everybody's <laughs> done. Come on. Go ahead and reveal your answers. We have Yanni saying Japan, Steve saying Japan, Brad saying India, Tommy saying Japan, Brody saying Japan, Chester saying Russia, Cal saying Japan... 
The correct answer is Japan. However, he said Cal gets his first victory. Congratulations, Cal. Now, we have been on a very cold streak of overtime. I've had these same overtime questions banked up, for, I think, for like four straight episodes. Let's do it. Still hasn't happened. The no, game's no, no. really changed, man. Did it? <laughs> like, I used to dominate. The, uh, fixed, I used to dominate. Out the riddle. Now you don't. There was a lot of overtime. <laughs> oh, no, it went into overtime when Huff won. It did, but that was like four games ago. Yeah. We've been on a cold streak of no overtime. Now, Cal, you're not familiar with this process. Oh, give the final, let's hear next. the final scorecard. <laughs> hear the final scorecard. Uh, well, I think you just mean you want you would like to know where you stood yeah, well, I mean, amongst you know, your peers. If you could throw that in within the general mix, you know. <laughs> Brad had one. Brody had two. Steve had three, along with Tommy. Yanni had four. Uh, oh, Chester also had two. Giannis, you had four, and Cal had five. So I beat like. Let's tell me again who I beat. Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> and Spencer predicted that the winner here would have six. I, so I we do, all were below. I, do, I, do, I, do, I feel great for you, Cal, but but it's pretty low winning score. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, Cal, what happens next is you get to pick where a five hundred dollar donation goes. So, what's it going to be? Well, because of the access issues that we have going on in the state here, I'm I'm in between Public Land Water Association, which is a fantastic org, and uh, Montana BHA for uh, uh, a litany of elk and public land issues. So I'm going to go with Montana BHA, Montana Chapter of BHA. There we go. I don't think they've gotten a meat eater $500 donation yet. So good on you. Yeah, well, you know, we don't don't hire people from Montana in this office. So <laughs> I understand how we're missing that out. That's it, Brad and Tommy. Thanks for playing. Tommy, you think you represented the, the listeners well? Should we invite more back? I mean, I, Steve didn't beat me. We ended up neck and neck, so I think we're all right. <laughs> <laughs> Brad and Tommy, thanks for playing. Join us next time for more Trivia, the only game show where conservation always wins. I'm sure a lot of you guys remember the old ceremonial hunting tradition of eating the heart out of the first animal you kill. Meat from those organs are among the most nutrient-rich foods on the planet. You can get those same benefits your ancestors craved via convenient daily capsules from Heart and Soil. Find out more at heartandsoil.co. And remember, use code MEATEATER for 10% off your purchase. Hey, if you follow wildlife news at all, you're probably aware that the island of Maui has an incredible abundance of Axis deer, so much so that they're causing ecological damage. Well, Maui Nui venison is thinning out some of those Axis deer herds and delivering venison sticks and fresh cuts to your door. Visit MauiNuiVenison.com. That's M-A-U-I-N-U-I Venison.com. Use promo code MEATEATER for 20% off your order.